Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, a quick note about ads from us, your hosts. We are picky about our advertisers and all of our partners or brands or products that we either use ourselves or that we think our audience would benefit from knowing about. Working with advertisers is what allows us to make this show and they keep working with us because you, our listeners, use the unique links and codes they provide. It's one of the most meaningful ways to support what we do. So thanks for that. We're really, really grateful. If you're ever looking for a specific code, head to a thing or two hq.com slash sponsors and you'll find them all. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything, really, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And join our Geneva. <gasps> Love it. We're starting on a somber note. We're starting on a somber note. You know what I mean? It felt better to start on a somber note than to... Than to end on a somber note. Yeah. So... Friends, my my bunny Ash died recently, yeah. and it's very sad. It is. Um, but the less sad part is that she was nine and lived a very full bunny life. She was great, and she was an elder rabbit. <laughs> and the thing that she brought I, a lot of joy to a lot of people, including a lot of children. She was really nice to children. She was she, really good with children. She was an ideal bunny, I think. Like she's the type of bunny you want when you imagine having a bunny pet. She liked children more than she liked adults, for sure. But I, what I wanted to talk about was mm-hmm. the fact that my thingy related to this is a good vet, mm-hmm. um, specifically her vet, but like a good vet in general, because when yes. we were going through this process mm-hmm. and, you know, she had to be put down and it was really hard and sad and it was just, it felt so helpful, meaningful, useful, mm-hmm. like all of the things to have a vet that we really loved and trusted and that knew her and that like and that you had a long running relationship yeah yeah yeah, exactly yeah exactly yeah so I I wasn't planning on talking about this but it what brought it up was that we got a condolence card from the vets yesterday and I imagine a lot of vets do this had you ever gotten a condolence card from a vet before no because I haven't had a vet relationship like this before you know that they they were Ash's vet for Ash's entire okay life Mm -hmm. and yeah, so it was the notes written by both of the the vets oh. at Catnip and Carrots, which was her Well, vet. I'm interested in the stationery that it was sent on. It's an excellent question, Claire. I'm going to show you okay. what this card looked like because I want just to be able to get your reaction live. Mm-hmm. Okay. This was the card. <gasps> it, uh, it, it looks like her. It's they, not her? No, it's not <laughs> Wait, I thought commissioned an illustration of her no it's a black lop-eared rabbit are you sure it's not her well i that seems unlikely like do you think that they found they chose this because it looks like yes yes i think they probably have a selection of rabbit and cat cards because they see primarily cats and rabbits and they were like this looks like ash we should send this one now that you i don't want to derail but now that you've said that they see primarily cats and rabbits could you tell everybody the name of the vet or no Oh, yeah. No, I want to talk about catnip and carrots. Should we stay on the condolence card for a moment? Because the other thing, and I, you know, I'll let you share this how you'd like, but I was sort of imagining that because they're a vet and because they serve cats and bunnies. Primarily. Sometimes rats and guinea pigs. Okay. (laughs) All classes of animals that have lives that are typically shorter than that of their human owners. Yes. Right? 
So condolence cards, if you're sending them, are like a, must be a routine practice I would for a veterinarian. So I was imagining branded condolence cards, right? Almost like, like a something. catnip and carrots, like postcard. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, this is, as you pointed out, just a card. It seems like they chose specifically because it looks like ash. And then long notes, handwritten from each of them. Not yeah. just a, we're sorry your pet died, love catnips and carrots, and then two signatures. And then two signatures, no, which no, no, you no, want, no. you could have forgiven. No, 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 no. There are notes. There are notes. I know you want to read the whole thing. Yeah. What you need to know is that Ash's, oh so Ash's gosh. vet um, oh at Catnip gosh. and Carrots in Jericho Turnpike is Dr. Saver, Dr. Jennifer Saver. I am, in a word, obsessed with her. She is amazing. The line you need to know from These Ash's- These people are so good at condolence cards, too. I'm like- Do you want you to read how, both of them just for- Yes. Yeah. You know how every time you have to write a condolence card, you don't it's like know you've never say. done it before, and you're like, I well, have no idea what to, to friends, say. Dr. Erica Campbell and Dr. Jennifer Saver know how to do it. Can I read them? Yes. So Dr. Campbell okay. knows less, oh, okay. knows Ash less well than Dr. Saver and does. And still did a beautiful still job a beautiful on this. Job. Okay. Dear Miss Cerullo and Mr. Hauner, my sincerest condolences on the loss of Ash. She was a beautiful bun who will certainly be missed. Cherish the memories you shared. With sympathy, Eric Campbell. That last line, cherish the memories you shared. Incredible. Beautiful. All right. Now for Dr. Jennifer Saver. Dear Miss Cerullo and Mr. Hauner, Ash was a spunky, beautiful girl who was a beloved member of your family. I might have said our. She never let adversity get in her way. You were fortunate to have shared as many years together. Many condolences on her loss. Sincerely, Jennifer Saver. Beautifully done. I I was like, she she, she never let adversity get in her way. Is, is incredible. Is absolutely incredible and absolutely true. <laughs> anyway, I love catnip and carrots. It's an hour's drive. I every time happily do it. A good vet is worth an hour's yeah. drive, I feel like, is my learning. Also, I can't confirm that this is Amy Sedaris's vet because mm -hmm. HIPAA or something. I don't know. <laughs> also, because you just have an ass. I, I have an ass. I don't know who Tina the Bunny goes to for okay. sure. But what I do know is that Amy Sedaris likes and comments on like all of Catnip and Carrot's posts, including Dr. Saver's birthday post, to which she responded, happy birthday, Capricorn woman. I love you with five hearts. <laughs> it's really incredible. For those who don't know, and I only know this through Erica. Amy Sedaris is a huge bunny fan, a bunny person. She's a big bunny person. Yeah, it's a per she's a bunny person, I yeah, think. is yeah. yeah, exactly. It's exactly. a big part of her personality. Yes. I I feel, I trust based on this comment that if Catnip and Carrots is not Amy's vet now, they have been at some point. It's definitely an endorsement. Yeah. The I love you piece of it, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my relationship with Nancy Myers. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I was really charmed by something I saw on the internet the other day. I was on Grossi Pelosi's website. Grossi Pelosi is Dan Pelosi. He is a food influencer. He he himself is nothing if not charming. And he has a section of his website called the Grossi Universe. And it is basically pictures of all of the people who show up regularly, who feature regularly on his Instagram account and explanations of who they are and how they inform his work and life. And I was like, why do we not all have this? Well, because also there's so much talk of the blank cinematic universe, right? Mm -hmm. But yes. no one's diagramming the blank cinematic That's right. universe. Do the work. Show your work. It's so wonderful and beautiful and an acknowledgement of this odd thing that happens on social media where we just share our lives, but share, but like. But decontextualized. Completely <laughs> devoid of any context. And you always, there's that funny tweet that gets circulated constantly that is basically referencing the fact that like people will be very public with their romantic relationships on Instagram and then all of a sudden it just stops and the tweet is basically being like that's fucked up we've been along for the ride like we deserve an <laughs> explanation and like you owe it to us which I don't disagree with <laughs> you don't say <laughs> yeah and this felt like a further sort of confirmation of what the social media social contract should look like which is that yes. if I'm gonna put all this in front of you I also owe you an explanation. Yes. I owe you some context. And just what a dream not to have to like intuit or feel like you missed something in the broader story and ensemble cast of a person's life. On, yeah, the ensemble cast. Yeah. The ensemble cast. I just really appreciated that. I think all of the influencers should do this. I was wondering who would be in the ATOT universe rundown. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Here's who I came up with that feel like they get mentioned regularly enough that they need an explanation. I would. How about this? 
I'll list the people that I think and I'll say who they are. You provide the the cinematic universe. You provide the the explanation. Okay. Thomas and Chris and Cam. Two husbands and a son. That's right. (laughs) This is a, I think, funny but true. Ben Michaelis. Oh, for sure. For sure. We talk about Ben all the time. Um, Ben is our management coach, um, which means he's like kind of the closest thing we have to authority as people without bosses. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I was going to say I owe my explanation of him as always that he's one third marriage counselor, one third therapist and one third management coach. All true. But I also think there aren't very many figures of authority in our lives. (laughs) So (laughs) Lauren Sherman. Oh, a recurring podcast guest (laughs) (laughs) and character in our lives. Also, one of the most ridiculous people we know. Totally. And 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 premier fashion writer who writes for Puck. She also responds to almost every single podcast episode with a voice memo. So she's sharing her opinions on the episode. So she that is in part how she can't wait to hear what she says about this. Yeah. (laughs) The Fortunados come up a lot. Oh, totally. Totally. They are jewelry designers, twins, business partners, all around nuts. Close friends of ours who yeah. we double date with all the time. Yeah. Scandal Club. Scandal Club is our like group of our a group of gals. A who group started getting together to watch Scandal. Media gals, sort yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Our friends Marissa, Kayleen, Ruthie, and Amanda, who left us for LA as happens. Um, but was she still a part of it? Yeah. We started to get together to watch Scandal at Kayleen's apartment and drink red wine and eat popcorn. And then we didn't even last. The, the length of the show. Like, we dropped off by the final season. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> anybody last the length of the show? I don't know. Sometimes I think I should go back to it. Yeah, that's fair. Is Did I miss anybody? Are we, are there are obviously a lot of other people in our lives. Oh, and my just gosh. The tons ones and tons who, of tons. The yeah. ones who recur regularly who, for whatever reason, end up working their way into this, into, this yeah, show in, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. No, I think that's... You think you think we covered... I think the, it's a good starter. It's a good a starter start. pack. You know what? If you guys have questions about other people we mentioned, if you need some context, you let us know. We'll we'll revisit. Yeah, that's a good idea. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Thank you so much to Olive and June for sponsoring today's episode. So I have an RWI, a regrettably worth it, Mm. Um, pedicures in the winter. Having like painted, clean, tidy toes that Mm -hmm. you feel good about in the winter. But the long-term issue I had had with this was the like going to a nail salon, getting the pedicure, and then what? You're like walking Mm -hmm. home in the little (laughs) pink flip floppy things. And we live in New yes. York. So it's not like you're even just like getting in a car and pulling into a yeah. garage. Like you're or you're getting your feet wrapped in saran wrap, which mm-hmm. is not a not a pleasant experience and not regrettably worth it. Just regrettable. Yes. The answer is the Olive and June Petty system. This is it. This is the thing. You do it at home. It looks great. You have everything you need. It's like so much less challenging than we've all made it out to be in our heads. It's great. The Olive and June systems are so good. They have everything you need for a salon quality manicure or pedicure in one box. 
Olive and June has salon grade tools that are designed just for DIY, just for you doing this at home by yourself. You can customize your box with your choice of six polishes. Olive and June's polish doesn't chip and lasts seven days or more, and it breaks down to just $2 a manicure. Olive and June's press-ons look so real and last so long if you want to go the press-on route. And they have so many sizes, you can find the perfect fit. They are non-damaging and better than gel. Get a manicure in less than 10 minutes. The press-ons are only $10 a set. They have easy removal and they can legitimately be removed with warm water. You change them out as much as you want or keep them on for weeks, or you can even paint them. You can paint your press-ons and take the polish off and end up with a fresh, perfect manicure. Olive and June Quick Dry dries in about a minute. You can get full coverage in one to two coats, and it's offered in over 40 cruelty-free and vegan shades. Visit oliveandjune.com slash a thing or two for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash A-T-H-I-N-G-O-R-T-W-O for 20% off your first Manny system. Again, that's oliveandjune.com slash a thing or two for 20% off your first system. Hi, everyone. I'm Peyton Sarton, host of the Note to Self podcast. Note to Self is a space to embrace your unique qualities, get grounded, and ultimately have honest conversation. No topic is off limits. I began doing social media seven years ago, and since then, I've started a clothing line and this podcast. Note to Self is a place where people from every stage of life can come for advice, new perspectives, and to feel a little less alone. Whether I'm recording by myself or bringing along a friend, we will explore topics ranging from relationships and mental wellness to social media and entrepreneurship. Tune in to Note to Self every week for the sisterly advice you didn't know you needed and raw conversations you've always wanted. Um, okay. Having a moment. (laughs) The look I just gave her. (laughs) Having a moment. I'm calling it the squash essence. Great. I love it. I, you know, it's all in the pitch and the squash essence is pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. Don't know how Beyonce would feel about it, but we're Mm -hmm. just going to go with it. Yeah. Um, okay. So my pitch. There used to be in America kind of one squash. We were a bit of a one squash pony. (laughs) (laughs) I like how this is starting with like a history lesson. Butternut. Mm -hmm. Butternut. We were butternut squash. If you were having winter squash, and specifically, I'm sorry, I should say, I should start by saying I'm talking about winter squash. Well, and are you talking specifically, you're talking about like, Orange and orange and yellow That's squashes. The, okay, winter okay. ones. Are. Winter squashes are orange. Okay. The, the summer squashes okay. are the zucchini Green and yellow. And yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. I feel like a shift. And and listen, there was always like kind of like acorn on the periphery, whatever. But like it was really butternut mm-hmm. when we were talking about squash. If you got squash soup, you knew it was butternut squash. Okay. Soup. Okay. I feel like the shift really started happening when delicata squash became a thing, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. 10-ish years ago, when people were like, "Wait, there's another squash." And what does what is the difference between Butternut and delicata. Delicata is... It, is delicata is like that long yellow one with the green stripes. Okay. So part of what made became a thing is that it is a different shape. Mm-hmm. It is easier to cut. You don't have to peel it. I think t- technically, I don't think you have to peel butternut. Okay. I think the, the rules have changed. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you can't wash cast iron with soap. Now you can, like whatever. We're, you can? People Nobody say, told me. People say. I don't know. I, I still okay. don't. But butternut squash skin is tough and delicata skin is not. It's okay. the one that's like usually cut in like a half moon. Mm-hmm. So people were like, wait, there's another squash. And now there are all of these new squashes that have come out in the last couple of years. Honey nut. How do you think Cheerios feels about this? Wow. I had no <laughs> idea. Yeah, you're right. I was shocked that Cheerios didn't own the trademark to Honey Nut. True, the word Honey Nut. Yes. Yeah, no, that's fair. What that's is fair. Honey Nut if not a Cheerio? No, that's... Like, what is a Honey Nut? It's a Cheerio. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, that's not true. a thing. That's true. That's true. And like, is this... Squash named after the flavor of well, Honey okay. Nut Cheerios. The name, yeah, you know what, Claire? It's really unclear how okay. it got its name because it's a cultivar bread, bread from a butternut and a buttercup squash. So neither of those have honey in them, but honey is, a, a, I think honey is good marketing is what honey is. I'm also interested in knowing more about the buttercup squash. Yeah, I think the buttercup, okay, so two things. It is half the size of butternut and sweeter, and it also has just like more umami flavor, I would say. Okay. So Michael Masrak is responsible for this squash, and from mm-hmm. his Wikipedia 
As an associate professor in plant breeding and genetics at Cornell, Mazarek had begun to breed a mini butternut squash, but was having trouble selling the new breed to seed companies. In 2009, he met Dan Barber at a meal at Blue Hill at Stone Barns. During a kitchen tour, Barber asked, if you're such a good breeder, why don't you make this thing taste good? Why don't you shrink the thing? Meaning? Meaning the squash he was working on inventing. Okay, 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 I see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Working closely with Barber, Mazarek began breeding the squash for flavor rather than yield, uncommon in the industry at the time. The resulting honey nut squash is more concentrated in flavor and was rapidly commercially successful. Got it. Okay. So this squash then led to another squash called Kogi Nut, which okay. is starting to take off. And now these are available through this. Co- the seeds are available through this company called Rose Seven, mm-hmm. which is like this chic seed company that mm-hmm. is a collaboration between Dan Barber, the chef at mm-hmm. Blue Hills Stone Barns, the plant breeder, Michael Mazarek, and a seedsman. Seedsman. Love the seedsman. Matthew Goldfarb. It's weird that seedsman is not like furniture maker, you know, like where it's like it should be like a romance novel yeah. trope. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll start seeing it show up. Think- now that the squash assance is finally <laughs> reaching a fever Upon pitch. Us. Yes. Exactly. So the Kogi nut for, for context is uh, creamy and it looks like a little pumpkin, okay. basically. Uh-huh. So what has happened, mm-hmm. if you ask me? Yeah. I. Who else would I ask? Who else would you ask? Is that... Dan Barber became particularly interested uh-huh. in squashes. He had this squash wizard at his hands, mm-hmm. Michael Mazarek. And under this Row 7 company, mm-hmm. they've been able to create these new squashes that are very popular, taste delicious, are smaller, easier to cut. Mm-hmm. I think that is like meaningful yeah. too. And because Dan Barber is who he is in the food mm-hmm. world, they've been able to be adopted quickly through like cool restaurants. And then there's the trickle out of it all that we're, that we're embracing these things. Okay. So the thing I want to come back to is the like not as hard to cut of it all. Okay. Because I think that like a butternut is a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. The, like peeling it and the two different sizes uh-huh, of things uh-huh, to peel uh-huh. is really annoying yes. and then the cutting it and whatever. And it was making me think there was like some New York Times squash recipe that I came across not that long ago that basically involved c- cooking the whole squash without mm-hmm. cutting it and then like cutting it and scooping it mm-hmm. out. And there were commenters being like, you know, glasses up. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it takes a lot less time if you like cut it first mm-hmm. and whatever. And there were people in the comments who responded and were like, I'm an older person without good grip strength. Like cutting a squash is is really fucking hard. It is very hard. And it's a deterrent. And like, no, leave this alone. Like Mm -hmm. give us some recipes that don't require that. You know, I'm not even an old person with poor grip strength. And I don't want to cut a squash. No, exactly. It's like calm down. I buy buy my squash pre-cut. Yeah, I, I I understand the appeal of that because yeah. Well, I also just don't cook with squash very often. I'm not. I'm well, not. You a, have recently. I do. You I'm, found a squash. I recipe. found a squash recipe. That and I really guess like. what it is? Honey nut. Yeah, I didn't use honey nut, but it is. I did note that. Yeah. The, well, it it made the name. It you know? made the name part. Of, so I don't love a sweet vegetable that much. Yeah. Which is why I'm not a big orange vegetable person in general. But this. <laughs> All the orange vegetables are sweet. You're not wrong. I just hadn't thought about it. <laughs> um, but I was in one of those weird moods where you're craving all the stuff that you usually don't like. You ever have yeah, that? I've yeah. been eating cucumbers lately, too. I don't know what's gotten into me. I, I, you're, I have a suspicion you actually like cucumbers now. Yeah, I, I was like <laughs> craving them the other day. I have a suspicion. Well, this recipe has all the things that I, so, that that I you're, don't you're, like. You're convinced you don't like. Squash and chickpeas dry like mealy bean why (laughs) (laughs) but friends this was so good okay it's roasted honey honey nut squash squash. and chickpeas with hot honey it's melissa clark and she rarely does wrong it's a one pan meal i just turned the heat up higher than she said and i think broiled at the end so everything got a little crispy absolutely it is so good and part of why it's so good is you put a mix of vinegar and honey on at the end so you get this sweet and sour thing at the end it's at the end yeah I think the at the end is the answer for squash because two of the squash recipes that I really love have a sauce at the end. Ooh. So one is this soy glaze kabocha squash with Japanese sesame seasoning from this blog, Season with Spice. And it's like a mirin, soy mm, sauce, yum. sesame yeah, oil. Good. Sesame yeah. oil. Okay. Yeah. Sauce that you dump the hot squash in and mix it. It's that so, so, so good. And we've been making that a lot with just like over rice and then like a kale salad with like a miso yeah. mustard dressing. This this chickpea thing I also put over rice, which I think is key because some of the commenters were complaining about texture. And I'm like, well, if you add some rice, you'll get another texture. Yeah, in totally. There, totally. Know? Anyway. The second is a delicata squash agrodolce. 
It's an Athena Calderon article or uh, recipe from Pure Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has that same, it has like the vinegary tang mm-hmm. sauce at the end. Yeah. And I think it just like, the squash is porous enough that it all like soaks yes. in there. I think that is the trick maybe yeah. to liking squash. Yeah. What's this acorn squash with coconut custard? Is that a dessert? Somehow not. It's one of Thomas's favorite recipes. Okay. When he was living alone in Minneapolis, he would sometimes make this himself for dinner. Claire. Wow. Okay. What different cooking styles we have yeah. alone. So you basically, you split an acorn squash, you scoop out the insides, you roast it. And then when it comes out, you like let it cool. You fill that little, mm-hmm. that little bowl yeah. with this coconut custard. It's like a savory-ish coconut okay. custard. And then you put it back in the oven. Mm. And when it comes out, then you like slice it and you get like a wedge that mm-hmm. has a okay. filling. It's, it's, and the filling stays firm? Yeah. Oh. It's very chic. Wow. It's like and, okay. high presentation value okay. All right. recipe that for sure. Good. And like surprising, you know. Yeah. I'm really hungry talking about yeah, this. Yeah, I, I understand. Like this and like yeah. a protein is like yeah. a perfect. Yeah, that yeah, sounds good. A perfect meal. We have some book stuff to talk about. We do have book stuff to talk about. I have been, I found a new category of books. Okay. It not is, so much a genre. It's not a genre, I don't think. It's a category. Mm-hmm. It is a get ready with me audiobook. Mm-hmm. So perhaps counterintuitively, I have been liking listening to something longer in the morning when I start my day. Mm-hmm. Like something that is has a longer duration, not that I'm listening to more mm-hmm. of it necessarily. I think in part because if it's like a 40 minute podcast, I feel sort of compelled to listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's something that's like nine hours, mm-hmm. there's there's none of that. Yeah. And also the fact that I have Spotify premium and the audiobooks thing is happening mm-hmm. means that I can like dip into things mm-hmm. and try things and mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Which is all to say, I've been liking listening to something that is just like zen and mm. something that you can stop at any point. I don't want anything that's like high stress. Mm-hmm. I don't want there to be mm-hmm. a lot of plot. Yeah. I want it to be like a bit more like introspective mm-hmm. or something. Yes. So the two things that I have really enjoyed in this category are Tom Lake, <laughs> the Ann Patchett book. I'm going to listen to this. I think it's a, yeah. It's like a little bit. I think what you'll like about it is that it's like, a little gossipy is like the kind of premise. So I don't think I really got what the premise was before I started listening to it. And Meryl Streep narrates it, which is like part of the cell. Part of what works about Meryl Streep narrating it is that the idea is it is a woman who is telling her like college age and grown daughters the story of this boy, a boyfriend she had Mm -hmm. who is like now a big deal movie star, Mm -hmm. like a huge star. Okay. And she was an actress very briefly Mm -hmm. in Our Town. Okay. At like this Michigan theater. I loved Our Town when I was Did you? I've never seen Our Town. Oh my, I like read it multiple times, performed in it, did an very emo high school art project about it. Oh, Claire, then this is like, <laughs> I had no waiting idea for you. Our Town figured into oh, this. Oh, in a huge way. She's in multiple productions of Our Town as Emily. She is like I Emily. And basically her, her whole thing is that she's like, I wasn't a good actress. I was a good Emily. Mm, okay. It's just delightful. The other one that I'm listening to right now is You Could Make This Place Beautiful by Maggie Smith. Mm-hmm. You've probably encountered, like every, mm-hmm. you know that poem, Good I Bones? Know, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you know her. Yeah. And like she wrote, there's an essay of hers that was excerpted for the cut from this book called My Marriage Was Never the Same I read After this That. this too. That was sad, but not essay. That's like, that's a bit how this book is. Mm-hmm. It is like about her going through a divorce and about her sort of like. Right, so the book is about her divorce because the divorce happened in the wake of that po- like her poetry career taking yes. off and that poem going viral. Okay. Yes, Because exactly. right, her husband was clearly uncomfortable with her success. Yes. And the sections of the book, the like, I don't, chapters feels like not the right word. Mm-hmm. They're not like, po- they, there are some poems woven mm-hmm. through, but it's, it's mostly prose. So there are a ton of good stopping points, oh, which good. is just like yeah. an enjoyable thing. Mm-hmm. You never feel like, wait, I have to wait and see what's going to happen. And this book is just like, it, It just feels like it encapsulates in so many ways the experience of being like in a partnership, a parent, like Mm. a a creative person, whatever, Mm -hmm. like at this moment in Mm. time. It's like specific, but also extremely universal. It's a good sell. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good sell. Yeah. Okay. I'm intrigued. I hadn't been considering it. It, It's it's not as it again. It's like 
I parts of it are sad, but it's not like deeply traumatizing for mm-hmm. for first thing in the morning okay. listening. We have both been reading the Rebel Blue Ranch series by Lila Sage. Cowboy Love Stories. So these are these books. The first one is called Done and Dusted. The second one is called Swift and Saddled, and it's coming out in March. We love them both. They're delightful. They're delightful. They are romance novels. Yeah. Great um, titles and great covers, by the way. And like the covers are a bit different. They have yeah. a sort of, they're illustrated, but they're kind of throwback illustration they look vibes. Like a classic comic book meets the clinch. Like, yeah, like a West, like a classic yeah. Western yeah. illustration. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's the best kind of romance because it sets up a whole universe. Yes. Also the best kind of romance because it's steamy. Yes. Also yes. the best kind of romance because it takes place in this very specific environment. So it deepens the escapist nature of reading a romance novel. Exactly. So it takes place on a horse ranch or a cattle ranch, excuse me. Yes. Rebel Blue Ranch in Meadowlark, Wyoming. Meadowlark. So good. Meadowlark. The Rebel Blue Ranch is run by the Ryder family. And it's delightful. I have to say, so I read what's the first one's done and dusted and then read the acknowledgments because, you know, I love the acknowledgments. And she thanks Tim Riggins in the acknowledgments basically for (laughs) inspiring her. And I was like, oh, I wish I had realized when reading this that he was based on Tim Riggins because I would have enjoyed it a little bit more being able to picture him, which you and I were talking about this recently. Like the beauty of fan fiction is the beauty of being like having the character half illustrated for you already and being able to lean in that. Yeah. 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 And I would have I liked it. I would have enjoyed it more knowing it was Tim Riggins. And then you, a, a long time Tim Riggins fan, I was like, you're, I made well, sure you, you knew. like this. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. also wanted you to know before you read it. I mean, I um, think part of, now that I'm thinking about these books, I'm like, I think part of the, this book, these this book's setting mm-hmm. and vibe is a little bit like Gilmore Girls meets Friday Night Lights. Very much so. Very like, much so. Like it's small town, mm-hmm. but like, Western culture. Um, Yeah. And I think that like that is so fun and we should normalize consuming books like we consume TV and film and like lean into the fun of that. I was so (laughs) this inspired me to start researching dude ranch vacations, reading these books, because I was like, maybe for my 40th birthday, I want like a sexy dude ranch vacation instead of a sexy beach vacation. Who knows? I mean, this is short lived. I will see where that where the, that spark of imagination goes. But I was texting a friend because she had gone to a dude ranch and she was like asking why I was asking. I explained to her and she was like, have you watched Yellowstone? And I said, no, not yet. And she said, I'm so jealous you like because I'm so sad it's over. And, it was, and I was like, well, these books. And she's like, I purchasing right now because she was like, this is I yes. need to scratch. There's no more Yellowstone for me. So I'm going to read this book instead. Yes. And I do think, yeah, maybe that's an answer. If you loved Yellowstone, where, where would you place the spice level out of five chili peppers? Three in the yeah, it's not shy, but it's not like super kinky. No. I guess it depends on where your scale. I think yeah, it depends it's a on bit where, where the scale everybody's scale is a little personal. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, but it's very it's it's fun spice. The male main characters are funny and that. They're exactly what you picture in a, in a Western. They're all broad-shouldered. <laughs> they're yeah. all really good Not at Not breaking any boundaries in Yeah, this no, way. they're all gentlemen in their own way. And you yeah, know what? Sometimes no. that's fun and cozy. No, um, no. But I, I do, I have really enjoyed, I love knowing that it's going to be a series. And yes. I love when you uh, know who uh, else uh, is getting together. And, yeah. This, and the, and the, <clears throat> so basically, in reading the first book, you already very much see two of the other books. Yes. Um, like you see, okay, this these two characters are getting together and then these two characters. Wait, are- which two other ones did you see? Because there's, okay, there's Well, Teddy. the second book. Yeah. Well, but you don't see that one in the first. Oh, you like kind of know. Okay, yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on, yeah, Claire. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. Of okay. course. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, it's just, it's also nice because it's just not shy about being a romance in that way. It's sexy from the start. It's fun from the start. And it's like, we're going to do, we're going to do all these things and be kind of heavy handed about it. Yeah. We were also talking about that Bella Hadid feels so on trend because she's having a cowboy romance. Yeah. It's like, it's like for how many years people have been like the cowboy set is mm-hmm. happening yeah. and now it's like the cowboy love story is happening. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah. wants a cowboy. Yeah. Okay. So in October of last year, Bella Hadid was photographed in Fort Worth, Texas, kissing and holding hands with a real life cowboy. Real who, life. He competes in rodeos, which is also what one of the FMCs in Rebel Blue. Yeah. At Rebel Blue Ranch does. She, she does barrel racing. Right. Back to the real life cowboy. Okay. Bella's that, cowboy is this name? guy, Aiden. I can't remember. Oh, Aiden Benuelos. 
From his website, Aiden specializes in training and showing cutting horses, excelling at the highest level. In addition to his own success, he continues to have top-level amateurs and non-pro riders within his program. At just 34 years old, Aiden has already amassed over $5 million in earnings aboard a horse. He is the future— Aboard a horse. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Also, that number's really high. I it wasn't high. expecting it. He is the future of the performance horse industry and a teacher to the younger generations of equine enthusiasts. So he's not just any cowboy, obviously, because not only he's Bella's cowboy one, and he's, he's a, rich a millionaire cowboy. Cow- he's a cowboy. He's a, yeah, he's a yeah. rich cowboy. Rhinestone cowboy, would you say, or no? <laughs> I hope so. My favorite thing in researching this was surfacing an article from the Dallas Observer titled, Bella Hadid is dating a Fort Worth cowboy what that means for the rest of us. <laughs> Why would you not read that? What does it mean for the rest well, of us? Well, that's what I was like. If you're going to give this article that headline, you better answer the question. And you know what, Erica, they did. <laughs> they really stuck to the assignment. Whether intentionally or not, Bella Hadid has announced that the must-have accessory of the season is a cowboy on your arm. This could have varying consequences for people who live around here. First of all, Dallas was already declared a dating dumpster in the cheating capital of the nation in 2022. We cannot imagine that supermodels and influencers roaming the city in search of cowboy friends. They all one word, cowboy friends. Oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> roaming the city in search of cowboy friends would make that situation better. Overall, we're happy for Hadid and her new relationship. We may not know much about Bonuelos's personal life, but he has to be nicer and more normal than the weekend. We would just strongly <laughs> encourage everyone in DFW to monitor any potential consequences outstanding journalism. Wow. I just, I guess I didn't expect a take on the weekend to show up. <laughs> or for him to catch a stray. Right. Really. That's, is that's what, what I mean. That is what I mean. Yeah. Is what I mean. It yeah. was incredible. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Now, to bring some some actual research to this, could you could you recap your night at the rodeo? Yeah. But I, I have to preface this by saying parts of this are going to be no further questions. So you <laughs> have to prepare for that. Okay. Because I loved being able to have this cultural experience. Okay. It was a lot. It was like sensory overload okay. and, and psychological overload, okay. I would say. And I'm still processing it. Okay. So I saw the rodeo, which is technically called the PBR Monster Energy Buck Off at Madison Square Garden. PBR stands for Professional Bull Riders. How do you think Paps Blue Ribbon feels about Claire, that? For for starters, this is exactly where I need to start. I cannot get past the fact that Paps Blue Ribbon is not a sponsor of this event. <laughs> yeah. I cannot. Like, I can't. But Monster Energy is. Yes. Okay. Okay. During the pre-show, there was a lot of talk about, like, Madison Square Garden and how special it is and how mm-hmm. special being in New York is. Absolutely fair. There was also a lot of talk about pizza. Um, and being in New York. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm telling you, there, were, there it was, the whole thing was wild. I, it just, I guess just like buckle up. You okay, know? so is part of what you're sort of painting here that what you received was a Westerner's understanding of New York culture? Th- like through- Maybe, okay. sure. I don't know. I don't know what I received. <laughs> you're still processing. <laughs> I'm still processing. Yeah. Okay. Then the event, when it, upon opening, it opened with a prayer. Okay. It opened with the national anthem. Yeah. And it opened with this like fire. There was like a fire ring and then PBR was spelled out in the like <laughs> dust to like but with yeah, gasoline yeah, yeah. or something. During these opening moments, I thought along a lot about the book Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk mm-hmm. by Ben Fountain. Did you read that thing? No. It's, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically like everything happening at the, at the event just felt like commentary on America mm-hmm. and like America, like at this mm-hmm. moment, there was only one event mm-hmm. at this particular competition, which was bull riding. So you didn't have like, there wasn't lassoing, there okay. wasn't barrel racing, okay. there wasn't whatever. So the, the premise is that you have to get on the bull. You have to stay on the bull for eight seconds. Okay. If you don't, if you get bucked before eight seconds, then you're like, you don't get any points. Okay. At eight seconds, then they like score you. 50% of the score comes from you. 50% of the score comes from the bull. Is it your bull? No. You get put on a bull. It's it's not a partnership. It's weird. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, so it, you're, it's a group project, but you don't have any you, control you over your Like group. most group projects, you don't choose your partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So- if the bull does really poorly, like as and, and by poorly in this case, it means basically he doesn't give you a hard enough time and doesn't score high enough. You get a chance to do a rewrite. OK, it's kind the scoring feels a lot to me as an uninformed observer, like figure skating and that you're like, 
I don't understand okay. how that person that person won by a okay. hair. Like I don't understand. Is how- there any arguing with the scores? No, no. Okay, it's just like you wait. There's your score, and it's like ah, he's in third place, and you're okay. like. I don't know how that one was better than the other one. But then there's not like a Bella Caroli going up and yelling at the judges and being like, no. that was so wrong. No. Okay. On the Jumbotron, it projects, you know, there's a lot of storytelling around the bull riders themselves. Okay. And there's a lot of like sort of like human interest story, mm-hmm. right? That bulls are referred to as animal athletes. <laughs> they are. They 100% are. My favorite bull's name was Snuggles. Incredible bull <laughs> name. The bulls are not pictured on the Jumbotron. Okay. Which yeah. I found to be offensive. Yeah. Because if we're giving them 50% yeah, of the score, yeah, if we're calling yeah, them animal no, athletes, I would like a little bit more yeah. respect. However, there was an animal honored yeah. at the event. His name was, he was a dog. His name was Yoda. He was the bee cowboy of the night. <laughs> he is a member of U.S. Border Control. U.S. Border Control is a sponsor <laughs> of the event for the purposes of recruitment. I, again, I cannot answer any follow-up questions. He is the dog who caught the escaped <laughs> Pennsylvania prisoner last year. I know you told me that, but I forgot about that. And it just really hits home because my parents live so close to that. And I was getting like very detailed updates constantly on that story. So I'm thrilled to be like one degree closer to the heroes who. So this German Shepherd Yoda (laughs) looked shocked to be there. (laughs) Downright shocked. I imagine being a dog. In Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. surrounded by bulls. Like, imagine. <laughs> and being honored for something you did last summer. <laughs> you did gloss over something, Erica. And I Please. know, again, it's like a no more que- no, no I know, questions. I, yeah. I just want you to bracket it. He was the honored as the B cowboy of the night. And that's B-E. Yeah. The letter, the word, not the yeah. letter. And this was a theme of the evening you told me. Yeah. Like so just they, that, that it's like about like, it's like. It's about honor. It's about respect. It's about helping others. It's like be cowboy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just yeah. wanted people no, to No, I think that understand. was a perfect okay. follow up. And I think, okay. I thank you for respecting my feelings <laughs> because I, it's taken me three weeks to talk about this mm-hmm. in a real yeah. way. Yeah. Um, I did say, obviously, you've got to talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. And last and, time I said no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. like, or at least I'm not ready. And here we are. There is a Women's Professional Rodeo Association, the WPRA, which is nice because it doesn't have a beer to contend with. And the main event is barrel racing. Like, Emmy so does. are you going to go? Well, if they come through town. Okay. You know? So you you because enjoyed your experience enough. I would be interested in seeing what the this is like, okay. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. I, I want to I comp. Yeah. I understand. I, as discussed on a previous episode, went to the um, Hot Wheels Monster Jam. Yeah. Glow Party. Yeah. I, this coming weekend, will be attending the, an actual monster truck rally in New Jersey at the Prudential Center because I want to know what the grown-up version looks like. Yeah, you want the real you thing. You want the full thing. I wouldn't say enjoyed the glow party. No, but, but it it's was, part of your, it's a part of your cultural survey. It's, yeah. um, it's you know, I want it, it's part of my discipline at this point, part of my <laughs> academic discipline. That's right. And I, you should do the same with the women's rodeo. Yeah. This rodeo that you attended was featured in the New York Magazine lookbook, which was wonderful. And a, a key takeaway was that they're starting a New York team of bull riders that has a home event in Brooklyn. Incredible. So I think we're going to get more rodeo culture in New York. No, it really sounds like it. I loved that one of the people pictured Mm -hmm. in this lookbook was Mm -hmm. a woman named Sage Miller, Mm -hmm. but spelled like like Mm S-A-I-G-E. She looks very cool. She is from the Jersey Shore Mm -hmm. slash Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And the question was... So are you driving the bulls through Midtown? And she says, yeah, it's awful. I've been driving since probably seven years old or old enough that I could reach the pedals. But this is totally different. I was like, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> we we're just glossing over the fact that you've been driving since you were seven. We're just that was a given. Okay. Yeah. You're driving in the city among people who don't understand anything about driving a truck and trailer. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is taking care of them in the cold. If... The Done and Dusted series needs mm-hmm. a new yeah. character. Oh, Sage Miller. Sage Miller can drive straight to town. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's just, it's easy. She's right there. I agree. My other takeaway was that from reading this lookbook, which had very colorful characters, the young men all spoke just like they do on Rebel Blue Ranch, like very respectfully using the word dang as their chosen expletive. And I was like, oh, they really do talk like that. Lila Sage got it right. Got it right. Yeah. Nailed the dialogue. Yeah, exactly. 
We're going to talk about Easy Crafts, as you named it. <laughs> easy Crafts. Easy Crafts. Not Kraft macaroni and cheese, the microwave kind. Also, the, what's what's their easy version of that? It's called like Easy Mac. Yeah, Easy Mac. Yeah, this it's is not different. nearly as good. No. Okay, so, well, one, because it's winter and we all need non-messy indoor things to do. And, you know, more non-phone activities yeah, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, this particular craft came to us from Lizzie Fortunato, which I feel like many good crafting projects do because she's a great crafter. Well, she also just makes it all seem so like, why wouldn't you do this? Yes. In, which is the right approach. Yes. Well, and this feels like the ultimate why wouldn't you? So these are basically decorating picture frames. So Michael sells 99 cent wooden frames and some of them have scalloped edges that Very are especially cute. cute. And then you just give them to the kid and then you give the kid all the things. Paint, gem stickers, pom-poms, decoupage. All the shit that they've gotten as toys from yes, whatever that exactly. you don't want in your home. They can put anything on there. And then it's the cutest gift to give to family and friends with a picture inside of you it. and the kid. It's so cute. I love it. It's very easy. It was fun for Cam and paint aside and glue aside. It's pretty harmless. What was Cam's approach to decorating? Well, a lot of gem stickers. We had yeah. a big gem sticker holiday season yeah. in our house and pom fuzzy palms. He was really into the gem stickers and fuzzy palms. He, when we started, I put out a little bit of each color of paint for him. And then I went into the kitchen to do something and he had poured out like half of a paint bottle. So spoiler, all of our frames are turquoise because I hate <laughs> wasting things. And so I then just used up the rest of the turquoise paint to, as a base. So we did some decoupaging with some. He also was really into cutting paper. Uh, so he had totally. cut a lot of stuff and we decoupaged some of it. But most of them are gem stickers, pom poms, beads, and the like. And turquoise. You gave us a lot of good crafts. The one that has been a big hit for me personally is this beeswax candle kit. Thomas was really jealous when he saw it's the beeswax so good. kit. And I would be like, too. And and I think maybe I have to get it for him. I'm I think I'm gonna get another. So what it is, it's be it's it's so simple. It's flat sheets of colored beeswax, and you can either just straight up roll them up to make a pillar candle, or they give you a pattern for how to cut a sheet on a diagonal so that you can make a tapered candle. And that alone is just pretty Delightful. unsatisfying yeah. and relaxing. And you put, you know, the you wrap it up with the wick inside. But what you can do is cut up little pieces and patterns and shapes out of the beeswax sheets and put them on the outside of your candles. And the beauty of this is that beeswax is sticky. So you don't need, you don't need any adhesive. To adhere it. Yeah. So yeah, all yeah. you need is scissors and these beeswax sheets in the wick. And it is so nice and relaxing. And you, you could do it while watching TV. And it's kind of, easy to make something that looks good without being super precise about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I when buying Cam's holiday crafts, which was the theme mm -hmm. this year, I tried to I tried to get him consumables. Mm -hmm. uh, that like, was nice of you. Just yes. so, cuz I was like you don't need more junk in your house, yeah. but these like he'll make a candle, yes. he'll use the candle to go away. Or we'll give a you've right. got a candle coming your oh way. Oh my god. You have a frame coming your way wow. also. Great. Yeah, I it's do want to do this. I do want to do this. The other thing that I've wanted to try is doing fruit and vegetable prints, which is messy, which is part of why I haven't done it, but it feels worth it. You know where you just yeah. paint the cross section of an apple or an orange, in part because Jason Pollan used to do really beautiful I, ones I, that yeah, I love. And I those. always think of him with those. Something I saw recently via this cute little place in Brooklyn called Rec Create Collective that hmm. does like all these little craft workshops. They and it looks very fun. And like I've been tempted to go multiple times. I need to pull up their actual schedule. But they were doing it with corn and mm. not just like an ear of corn mm -hmm. and painting the side and rolling, and rolling it because it. it has yeah, that good texture. Cool. It was yeah. very cute. Yeah. Yeah. This That sounds like, yeah, yeah. I got I to gotta set up a day to do this. I know we've talked about collaging a fair amount, but the collage mm -hmm. thing I encountered recently that I was very taken with is basically like collage journaling. So this woman, Martina Calvi, who is this Aussie, who is a self-described sentimental crafty girl, <laughs> was the one who brought it to my attention it's, I mean, it's scrapbooking, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. hot girl scrapbooking, I would I would say. She sells yeah. very cute stickers okay. that are like photo mm -hmm. sti photorealistic, like bows and candles yeah. and apples and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But I was just thinking more about ephemera recently, in part because Thomas and I were going through these memento boxes mm -hmm. for pulling things to think about framing for Framebridge. And I was thinking like, 
God, I just want to see this stuff more and not have it tucked away in a box. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to contextualize to mm. be like, what else was like happening, happening that around time. that time? Yeah. So it's yeah. not just like a ticket stub yes. sitting there or a mm-hmm. matchbook or whatever. And part of it, this feeling was just like the digital doldrums of it all of being like, there aren't movie tickets. Right, there right, aren't right. like physical movie yeah. tickets. So when I do have these mm-hmm. things, I kind of do want to do something with them. And so, yeah, I've been thinking about like, am I doing like a, a collage journal like, this is like your, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'd like be like if, an end of the month activity like you do with your, I feel like you you have a monthly cadence in your life for other things. I, I would like more of one. Like, I feel, I feel like, like you have one for your finances or something, don't you? I used to be better at yeah. it. Yeah. But I do kind of like once a month. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the idea of like collecting the stuff and doing yeah. like, yeah, a spread that's like, a, it's a five-year journal, Agreed. but it's like a spread for each month. Yeah. yeah. I did it the summer. I the summer that I lived in Paris in college and I found it the other day and it was quite fun to look at, but I couldn't remember what half the things were. Of course. It was still like cool to see. And yeah, it was a a, a nice and a different way of remembering. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is only tangentially related in the sense that like, wow, this was so easy. (laughs) Target has a house line of party decorations called Spritz. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is so good. I know it's not you new were to, you were so you did such a successful birthday decorating. Job. Thank you. You FaceTimed Cam for his birthday. And I was like, before you speak to him, I must show you the decorations <laughs> yeah, that I rightfully. put up. They sell these kits and they're just so well thought out. They they look very Pinteresty. So it's like balloon arches and streamer backdrops and sometimes a balloon arch and a streamer backdrop that would make the perfect sort of like photo booth backdrop for your party. You do not need anything except what's in the bag. They're so clever with the twine and the sticky backing and a lanyard that has room for you to pull the like the end of the, the end of the, the knot of the balloon yeah. through. I couldn't believe how professional this thing I made looked. And it required, again, nothing except God what was in the bag. Who would have thought them. I personally could make a balloon arch? I would have thought, but I think that, I would not have. But thought. not without like a ton of effort and time and whatever. I've, I've watched a balloon arch come together. It's not easy. I will say that a friend texted to say, did you have to blow up the balloons yourself? And I did. And I had my mother-in-law and Chris there to help me. And we were just chit-chatting. So it was like a fun, like stay yeah. up late and do this activity. But you might want to get one of those hand pumps if you're going to do it yourself. For Thomas's birthday, because Thomas really does like a birthday decoration, our local neighborhood dollar yeah. store sold the like happy yeah. birthday metallic yeah, um, which I love. letters. Yes. And that little set, which I, w- delightful, had one of those little straws to blow up the, because they're not, were they, were they're they like metallic? balloons. Yes. Yeah, so, but so they're this, not helium. Yes. Yeah. This came with that too, because some of the balloons in my balloon arch were that metallic, not, Whatever not, it's not latex. vellum. It's but it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, There's yeah, a word for it. Yeah. So some of them came with that special little that thing too. Or I agree. It's much the crinkle. The yeah, crinkle is satisfying. and it's easier. Yeah, you're not yeah, yeah. cutting off your circulation to tie it together. Yeah, and, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. your like I don't know yeah. your your mouth. I just it just one of those things where I wasn't really planning on decorating, and then I found myself in the aisle at Target because I was in Minnesota, and you're at Target. Where else com- would you where, be? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just felt like wow. From now on when I think it's going to be too intimidating to decorate, I'm still going to decorate because these things are so easy. I love it. Yeah. Hey, that's the show. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially our wonderful producer, Olivia Mead. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com. And if you love our show, you'll also want to join our Geneva. Lots of good chatter happening there. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.